y'all. This is Mary Kay McBrayer, one of our three co-hosts of our comedy podcast that talks about horror movies, everything trying to kill you. For this episode, we have something a little special for you. All our lives are so in flux that we couldn't get our schedules together enough to record The Dark and the Wicked yet, but that is coming. That'll be in two weeks. Uh, So we dug into the archives and found this very special Women in Horror live panel. Uh, Long, long ago, in November of 2019, Mary Byer and I, because Rachel had only just joined the podcast, like just joined it, so Mary and I went to, we ventured into the wilds of Florida to Spooky Empire Convention, and because I am a fucking genius, I recorded that panel for your listening pleasure. So on this panel, you'll recognize, of course, the dulcet tones of Mary, and of course, you'll also recognize Zena Dixon, because she was our guest on our last episode about Ginger Snaps. This is actually the conference where we met her. Uh, But you'll also hear the voices of some other women in horror as well. The moderator was Kathy Napier, and the other panelists are Aurelius Nova, Marty Jolin, and Monique Desir and Alicia Sams with our lovely coordinator whom we love and adore. I hope that you enjoy this very special one-off, especially the moment when you can start to hear the score of a horror movie screening in the ballroom next door. Alrighty, okay, where was I? Oh yes, women in horror. So obviously we have women here who are into horror, and we hope that you are too. Uh, We're gonna start off uh, with uh, introductions all the way down the line. Uh, if you'll tell us a, a specifically about what kind of horror you write or what it is that you're into with that. Um, my name is Kathy. I am going to be the moderator. I write as K.L. Knapper. Uh, and, but this is about these ladies, y'all. So let's go ahead and get this on going and we'll start with. Um, I learned that I'm sorry. <laughs> so please for, forgive That's me. That's her name, though. My gross voice. <laughs> Um, I'm a middle school reading teacher. I'm also um, a writer's buckle to fiction, um, fantasy, and um, short stories. Um, one of my novels was published by an actual publisher, but they went out of business. It was called Forbidden. It was book one of the Gabriel Lennox series about vampires, and I did a different take on them where um, you could get immortality, but you would no longer be you. So <laughs> um, that's disturbing to me, no longer being yourself anymore, complete erasure. Um, I also um, have a middle grade fantasy about um, a family that's being, um, I guess, stalked by an entity that wants to destroy them based upon a past quote-unquote mistake. And then I have a short story that was um, sold to this French um, publisher. Um, it's, you can find it online if you speak French or read French, um, or if you want to pretend that you do. Je suis petit fromage. I'm a little piece of cheese. I know. I'm just happy and just hoping to get more clout. You know, become a full-time writer someday and quit my day job. Hi everybody. My name is Zena Dixon. Do you like my hat? Thank you so much. I wanted to like come in here with a bang. Like, hey, look at me. You know. But um, so uh, previously I worked for Epic Pictures and I helped them release a couple of movies like Terrifier, The Lodges. Turbo Kid, Golem, which is so awesome, such a great movie. I also write for DreadCentral.com. You can read my column, Zenith Period Blood. I really like that name. And uh, you can read my blog, RealQueenOfHorror.com. So I love writing uh, movie reviews. Horror movies are my life. I absolutely love Night of the Demons. Like I remember watching it when I was like five and like 
living it up, you know? It was just like the best thing ever. We all have those comfort movies. And Night of the Demons is just close to my heart. Thank you. Hi, my name is Mary Beyer, and earlier I was five feet away from Bruce Campbell, so nothing will ever, ever hurt my feelings again. <laughs> um, I, uh, I host, along with my best friend Mary Kay McBrayer, who will be back in just a minute, the podcast Everything Trying to Kill You is a podcast that analyzes but also savagely jokes about all of our favorite horror movies. That's how I got into horror, actually. Up until about two years ago, I was terrified of all of it and refused to watch any of it or read any of it because I was convinced I would have nightmares. And then my best friend tricked me into joining her on this podcast <laughs> by picking a few movies she knew I'd already seen. And then she was like, but now it's so good with you here and I couldn't leave. I'm very, very happy that she did because I uh, can't imagine my life without, without the show, without horror. And this has been such a fun weekend. Again, everybody, I was five feet away from Bruce Campbell. So. <laughs> Do I need the mic for it to record? No, if you don't want to use it. Okay, I just want to make sure it's still good for you. But now I have the mic, so I'm going to interrupt you and be a real dick. That's fine. Be an absolute dick. Okay, Fran. My name's Marty. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Marty Jolin. Um, I did a short or a book about short stories, and one of them got turned into a comic book. Um, I don't have a lot to say about myself because I usually don't talk about myself. Hello. You're awesome. We love you. Such a dork. <laughs> Do you need the mic? Hi, uh, my name is Aurelius Nova. Everybody calls me Ari because Aurelius is harder to remember. Nay. <laughs> Nay, y'all. Um, I am an author. I write uh, fiction. <laughs> But I do like sci-fi, stuff like that. Horror is one of my favorites to write. I tend to write short horror stories, um, probably because I watched Tales of the Crypt so much as a kid, and they're all like, you know, like the short stories. So, um, and I do tend to write in that style where it's more Tales of the Crypt-ish gore, not just, you know. Gore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I also have a film out called Anniversary based off of one of the short stories. It got picked up by Shorts TV. So if anybody has AT&T DirecTV, <laughs> you can see it there. I don't, so. <laughs> don't worry about it, you know, if, if you cringe at this. But honestly, seriously, I want to see a show of hands of who does read uh, women in horror. Who's got authors? <gasps> Look at that. That's more than I thought we would get. Awesome. Super. Now panelists. Let me ask you uh, in uh, your own writing, what women have uh, influenced you? Um, Tanith Lee. Um, she passed away a few years ago, unfortunately. Um, Anne Rice. Tananarif Du. Um, there's probably some more bouncing in my head, but I'm going to pass the baton or potato. Um, Amy Lukovics is one of my favorite authors. Uh, she wrote this book called The Woman in the Walls, and it's super duper creepy. And she loves Rosemary's Baby, so I just couldn't resist. Uh, well, since I don't write horror, um, no, no one has ever inspired me. I have come up with everything I have ever said or done completely originally, <laughs> and every thought I've ever had is the most important thought anyone has ever had. <laughs> I, um, I read a lot of Michelle Moran. I don't know if any of you guys have read her stuff. She does historical fiction, and it's ridiculous. Like, she writes everything based off of 
a sibling of the of the main character that she's writing about. So the first one of hers that I read was Nefertiti, but um, it was the story of Nefertiti's life and getting into the castle, um, but through the eyes of her sister, Munoshmet. And like I started out writing historical fiction because of that, and then I literally could not do anything without somebody dying, so I switched to horror. <laughs> you mean to write horror. You are just well, murdery at heart. Well, okay, so I started watching horror when I was three. Like, my first movie uh -huh. was The Exorcist. Okay. Wow. And, oh, my God. Training oh, for temper tantrums. Dude, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But, like, I, I, watched, I read a lot of, like, scary stories to tell in the dark, all that kind of stuff. But then, like, reading Michelle Moran really gave me the idea of, like, how I wanted to build my voice. And then it, my voice just said, kill them all, kill them all. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so here we are. So you obliged. <laughs> so I obliged. Well, it's always like the same, like Mary Shelley, you know. Um, well, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> if you write for her at all. Right. right. Yeah. And also, uh, she's, not a, she's not a writer. <laughs> she's kind of famous. Her name is Lizzie. Last name was Boron. <laughs> uh, I like the premise of... All, this is going to be kind of convoluted, but I like the idea of women, and they've all inspired me throughout the horror genre, because way back then, women couldn't commit crimes and stuff like that. So I love that, like, I, all of those ladies that, like, were monsters, but they're like, no, I was delirious, silly. I love that, and I love that women, we've all, like, encapsulated that, like, as we continue to break through in the genre, so... Yeah. I'm gonna plug for Mary Kay real quick because uh, so my my co-host for the podcast just wrote a book that's coming out in May. Uh, it is about Jane Toppin, who is the first female or first no because we I don't, uh, women are smart, you know. Like I'm, I bet there were a bunch of us and we just didn't get caught. Uh, but the first female serial killer in America. So everyone go pre-order it on Amazon immediately. It is bomb, and that case is very much that. She legit giggled on the stand. Oh, I'm not even kidding. Because we would get away scot-free for stuff. Like they legitimately said women could not commit these crimes. So she straight up know. told them when they were like, why did you kill all these people? She was like, well, I don't know, but if, I, if I'd gotten married and had kids, I probably wouldn't even have thought about doing it. Blame <laughs> <laughs> the men. Yeah, I mean, I would have been, she, she was like, I would have been too busy. Yeah. Uh, audience, shout out some names. Who do you guys read? What women do you read? Shirley Jackson. Oh, oh. Yeah, <laughs> we've always lived in the castle. Whenever we That's get on the spot, we forget everything yeah. we've ever known about Harry. I love, I'll, I will go. I'm looking. You, you know what it is. I know, I know. Who's your favorite Harry Potter character? Mary Sandiavani. Who's her? Yeah. I'm Mary Sandiavani. Ah, why? I love cosmic horror. Cosmic? Cosmic horror. And then Damien and John. You guys got something you want to share with the class over there? Not really. No, I was going to write down those names. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, What do you guys, uh, and of course it can be free for all, we don't necessarily have to jot it all the way through. What do you believe drew you, now some of you already kind of explained it, but what drew you uh, to, first of all, the, the women in horror that you read? And then secondly, for that matter, what do you think has drawn you to horror in general? Well, I had a different panel earlier. I, I made the joke that, like, not to perpetuate a stereotype about women in horror, but the first horror movies I watched were the Evil Dead series because my ex-boyfriend made me. Um, so uh, what has kept me around, obviously that didn't, like, take Beyond the Evil Dead because 
Bruce Campbell is super hot, and uh, <laughs> those are funny. But in this like, return to horror this time around, I think that something I've been surprised to find I enjoy is the coming to it with kind of an analytical mind. Like the, the breaking down, why is this scary? Why does it work on me? Like, why does that upset me? Why does that make me jump? Why does so? I've had a really fun time trying to figure out how to open the watch and pick apart the, the, the workings. It does sometimes make things a little less scary because you're being analytical instead of emotionally available. But also, I don't have nightmares that way. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's, that was kind of the in for me because that's something I, I love. I, I write movies, I write TV shows, so that's something I love anyway. And realizing like, okay, this is just a whole avenue I've closed off to myself previously. It's, mm -hmm. it's everything, it is storytelling, it is everything I love. And I just wasn't letting it in because I, I had all, we all know all the preconceived notions about like how horror shouldn't be taken seriously and like it's gross and, and, and not real art, right? So um, I'm grateful, like I said, to my friend for, for drawing me in and, and giving me a whole new world of fun and mystery and great, great stories of characters. Um, there's an anthology that I have at home. It was like, I think written in like the 1980s. It's Cool Woman of Darkness, um, volume two. And um, there's like these two stories in there that I have read for the past like decade over and over again, trying to figure out the themes, analyzing what was going on in this woman's mind when she wrote it. They're all women authors. One of them is called um, Fruits of Love. It's like they use the word, um, French word for um, tomato in, in France. During the time period, um, they believed that the tomatoes could drive you insane. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's one quote unquote good character, it's the, the main character. She has been sold to a um, French aristocrat who everyone knows in the small village is a Satanist. He, um, he's horrible. So he has a woman who helps him. And this is where I noticed as I got older, this is what we would call toxic femininity. She is evil. And she hates other women. She just, she hates them. She's older. She's like what you consider like the crone. You have the maiden, mm -hmm. you have the, um, the crone, and you have the, um, what's, what's the, <laughs> thank you. She's just evil. And she tells the girl she's going to help her to get free by poisoning him. But the twist at the end, I find it so disturbing. But horror has so many layers, so many nuances. The way it Fs with your mind, <laughs> the way you try to wrestle with, to understand, like, I find it so interesting and fascinating and trying to, to understand a world that sometimes is so hard to understand. Well, for me, um, it all started with movies, and I have my mother to thank because uh, she absolutely loved horror movies. So I just remember watching all kinds of horror movies as a kid. Some maybe I should have never watched <laughs> as a kid, but um, I, I think I came out fine, you know? And then. <laughs> Then going in deeper, like I just remember like being a kid watching The Brood, watching Patrick, watching The Baby, you know, just, just watching all these movies that's very disturbing, but it just brought me joy. Like it seriously just made me so happy. And I remember just being that kid in the video store, just searching for any movie that I can find, just to watch, just picking it out. I mean, I would just have marathon after marathon. Like, don't get me wrong, I would watch like My Little Pony and author and stuff like the hey arnold was my show but i used to watch that stuff too but it was just like there was just something about that like watching those horror movies and i come from a very large family 
you know, I'm the youngest, and you know, my parents, they were, you know, they were pretty cool. They would let us watch it, and then it's just like it terrified me, but I could not stop watching it at all. It was just amazing. So when I do tell people like, hey, you know, this movie just makes me feel all happy and cozy inside, it's just I, I don't want to go out there and kill anyone. It's just I just like watching it. It's great. I'm really glad you clarified that. I'm going to kind of play off that because you and I were talking last night about yes. like the warm and cozy feeling and I was the same with my mom like we would always like that was our family time together and so I think it instills like this like Your positive like, association yeah today. like it's a positive yeah. association we're gonna get you know cuddly and watch it and you still get absolutely terrified um and I always mention this ride. yeah the roller coaster ride of emotions like I watched Pet Cemetery, and that was the first movie, and I was little. And it, that's the—I mean—that's the most traumatizing movie. But I love it so much because, like, we're all as a family, you know. And that was like our our family night was horror movie night. So I think it also like horror has this weird draw to it because you want to keep looking, you want that terror and that thrill with it. But then, like, you also appreciate everything, like the light. You know, like you can't have darkness without light. Well, same thing. You can't. Can't really appreciate the light without the darkness so it's like this weird like yin yang kind of mix but now that i have kids oh buddy like <laughs> seeing you know gage running towards that highway is a different meaning altogether it's a different type of horror now and i'm like yeah. never gonna have a house on a major road <laughs> but yeah i think it's just like that weird draw and sometimes it's like that weird positive did you guys have like family nights and like that was like your bonding and that was yes. okay so it's not the fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> the one with uh, Kurt Russell's movie. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Failed. We'd be getting dinner ready to have like the order because every single time the food would get there. It's the scene with the dog or the scene with you know the plungers. <laughs> I'll tell you what though, like my dad let me watch literally any horror movie I ever wanted to watch. You know, like if, if it was on the shelf, I could pick it. But I was never allowed to watch Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> yeah, that was too far. So I, you guys are blowing my mind right now. I was not allowed to watch PG thirteen movies until I turned thirteen. Um, and horror was like a like a hard pass in my household. <laughs> my dad is a pastor, and he's actually a relatively like I mean he's a like a very like liberal guy campaign door to door for Obama. It was so cute. Um, but uh, it's not really, he's just not into it. He's not the one that's like keeping it out of the house. It's my mother, who is like, she's the cutest human in the entire world. <laughs> also, she is a nurse who has like had her hands inside of people's like opened up bodies, and she does not do gore. Mm. And she was like, that's different. When, I, when I'm at work, I'm. I'm doing something like I am trying to yeah. save somebody's life. I'm trying to heal somebody or help them. I don't want to just watch head blow up. But she watched all of Game of Thrones with me, <laughs> so clearly she can handle it. That was from the nudity, though. Huh? That was from the nudity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. My mom was super into the nudity. The pastor's wife, who has never said a cuss word, was super. Into the she actually has. The only time I've ever heard her cuss, she was saying "out damn spot" when she was quoting with. Yeah, <laughs> that's very interesting. I talking about the fact that so many of you have fuzzy family situations now. You know, of course, I come a little, I go a little farther back than you all. And 
the thing is, is that it was, you know, I, I could definitely say that things like uh, the old classic movies and the old classic series were actually my babysitter. I come from that boomer baby generation where our parents, or particularly our mothers, sat in front of the TV, you know, so they could, uh, now my mom didn't smoke, but, you know, so that she could do dishes or, you know, or she could, you know, uh, hit the American Legion or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, I mean, I grew up with, uh, they were old even when I was growing up. I mean, because they were on the television. I grew up, you know, with, with the Dracula and the Wolfman. Mm -hmm. um, Outer Limits, Twilight Zone, yeah, uh, all of those. Um, and then and then they wonder why we grow up the way we do. <laughs> so um, getting back, so uh, what do you think, when did you first realize, I guess, uh, that uh, you wanted to, that you truly did want to write horror? And let's face it, I mean, like so many things, it was kind of, I mean, you know, it. Uh, it has been, you know, male driven for so long. Whatever got it into your head that, you know, this is something that you would like to tackle? That's so bored of listening to podcasts of white dudes talking about it. <laughs> it's also good venting for when you're tired of them. I mean, it's like, well, I can't actually kill you, but I can tell you how I do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm just really analytical. Mm -hmm. I like trying to understand things and trying to figure out our dress why the world's so messed up sometimes. And, um, I was going to say, for me, I, it goes all the way back to when I was in elementary school. I remember, because I was constantly always watching horror movies all the time, so I would have my friends and my family reenact scenes because I wanted to be a director, and everybody did it for some reason. I don't know. And then I even remember watching like A Nightmare on Elm Street, and I wanted to be Nancy so bad. So it was like, when I was seven, I was like hardcore drinking coffee. So I think this is why I'm probably 5'3". But, but you know, I wear a lot of heels, so nobody knows. But, um, and, and, yes, see, and then the hair, like, I'm a normal person. So, <laughs> but it's, it's just, if you have to say it, that can't right. possibly be true. <laughs> I've got normal tattoos on my forehead. You got tattoos on your forehead? Nice. Invisible. Oh, that seems useful. <laughs> but I do know, like, um, I, I love that feeling. So kind of bouncing off of what you said, where it's just like when you do see a movie that actually really does scare you, because sometimes I'll just put on horror movies while I'm getting ready, while I'm, you know, putting on makeup or taking a shower, or that's really weird. I don't know why, but I do it. You can ask my husband. He's right there. Tell him, Rico. Tell him. <laughs> tell him, Rico! <laughs> so, but, be, but because of that... <laughs> no, but because of that, though, um, one of um, kind of recent movies that I saw that really freaked me out, the movie Wreck 2, because with that one, they um, actually combine like religion with it, and there's like demons, there's some dark stuff going on, and it like completely freaks me out. But that's the kind of stuff that I know that like, you know, really gets to me, and but I can't help myself. At I think all. they call it deep horror, where it's so like soul-touching terror, and you just have to like kind of wean yourself up from horror while there's lots of things to go, like Chucky. Chucky amuses me. <laughs> Wait, so if you make your com question or comment. Well, like I have a foundation. Women are always prevalent in horror, like Pet Cemetery, um, the Bakta, female directors. Yes. Like what do you like? And even with Hereditary and Midsummer, they're both by Ari Aster. And Ari Aster gets it, you know the way he demonstrates a woman's rage and like women unhinged. And like, do you think that the platform is evolving more for women specifically in horror because they have more acts? I mean, think about Isabella Johnny in Possession. 
would just essentially where they could just like have that catharsis. So I guess like yeah, talk about like women horror. So um, horror is a uniquely uh, valuable early filmmaking experience because it's so much cheaper to make than so many other genres. You can tell a fantastic horror movie with very little hoopla, you know? Like, it, you don't have to spend money to do it well. So it's a, it, there's a, there's a reason a lot of filmmakers get their start in horror, um, even if that's not what their, their passion or what they intend to do uh, long term. Um, but that also means that um, for people who have not historically been represented at various levels of filmmaking, horror can and should be the foot in the door. Horror can and should be the same opportunity for us as it is for the million white dudes who you know, jumped off from. I mean, like, look at that crowd across the hall for Sam Raimi, you know? So um, it is getting better in part because there are so many ways to make a movie now um, and ways to make it inexpensively. Like, we could pick up one of our phones, go shoot an entire movie on the phone and then edit it with free software that came with our computers. Yeah. So because there are so many more ways to make a movie and there are so many more ways to watch a movie thanks to all of these streaming services, um, the opportunities exist. They are there. What is getting better but is not quite there is the, um, the feeling of welcoming or safety or empowerment to take the opportunity because any of us who have ever been the only one of us in a room, the only woman, the only person of color, the only queer person, it is not a, it is not a safe or happy feeling. And um, as brilliant as uh, so many women are, incredible writers and technicians and directors, not only do you have to convince somebody to let you make the thing, but you have to survive the process of making the thing. Um, so that is getting better, like I said, um, but I, it's, it actually takes more. It is more psychological and emotional labor to make your brilliant movie uh, when you have to navigate these worlds where you have been actively excluded for so long. Yay! <laughs> And, and of course, certainly not necessarily to, to pick on you, but that now you know there's a prime example. You notice how frequently you know as women, you know, I mean, I know, first of all, I mean, the culture that you grow up convinces you who you are as well or who you're not. Uh, and one of the things that I can't help notice, I do the same thing, is that we start to talk about things, but then you know after a little while we kind of trail off because you know it's, I don't know. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, and I, I don't think it's necessarily that anybody, you know, of, of any gender necessarily needs to be bombastic, but um, we certainly have to bring it from the diaphragm, you know, whoever you are. Uh, and um, essentially, you know, excuse me, but in many ways, I mean, you just have to not give a fuck, you yeah, know, and just, you know, you know, and say it out loud frequently. And I think that may be part not only uh, that tends to prevent uh, a lot of women in, in, uh, in anything, in any endeavor. But you can see where particularly in, uh, you know, in the horror industries, that might be very specifically uh, a, a thing that we struggle with, for sure. Uh, questions, any other questions from, the, yes sir, back there. My question is for you, growing okay. up, watching all those psychological black and white movies where they didn't throw gore 
in your face. Do you prefer what they're making now, or would you rather watch something and be you? They, they put you in it. it. Whatever they're trying to portray to you, it's being created inside your own mind. So it could be anything. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I think that's uh, you're dead on about that. If you'll excuse the pun. Uh, because, um, uh, because precise, and I think frequently with anything along the lines of, of horror of any kind, uh, it's always, uh, there's a reason why so often when they finally do the big reveal, you know, the big monster, uh, that's for so many people's kind of a letdown. Yeah. Uh, it can hardly be helped because, you know, I can quiet. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's going it to be, it's going to be horrific to probably the writer, you know, because it's coming from uh, from their mind. But it's very, very difficult to come up with the same concept, you know, that's going to punch for everybody else. So yes, I am a big lover of dread, and I am a big lover of uh, of you know the shadow monster because I think we have to build it from our own personal fears uh, and the like. Uh, and that's why a lot of what I do actually is more of a, a contemplation of fear. Uh, what it does to us on a personal basis, what it does to us on a social basis, and what it does to us on a global basis, because you know we, we all get infected with it. So yeah, I, I, love, I love me my dread, I really do. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, comments, questions, anything? Well, oh, I actually want to ask, one of my favorite movies is the original House on Hanukkah, like the black and white, oh, because yeah. of that dread factor. You, you know, and the, I can't think of the actress's name from the original film, you know, but she, throughout the entire film, you all haven't seen it, you need to go back and like watch the original black and white. She's making these like weird like little comments throughout, like she sleeps on her left side purposely so that all of her muscles are weighing on her heart more and she hopes one night she'll, it'll just stop. You know, and she's in this house and there's not, like there's like hokey, I guess. You know, like the, the stairs start to rock and stuff like that. But at the very end, she gets into the car and she's driving away and she's trying to, you know, get away. And the only thing that you see of the ghost is this white blur run across the street. And that, like the buildup and like all like the comments, and you know, she wrecks her car and everything, she swerves. But it was, I prefer the original because of that like psychological buildup, that dread, and that just little moment blip of the monster versus. Uh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. No, I, was gonna say, I think uh, we better start using the mic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, versus the newer one, just because I I do feel like sometimes we just get kind of inundated. Okay, blood, guts, pop, 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 versus that. I I think that it's um, unfortunately a reflection of what has happened to our world. Um, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm a middle school reading teacher. People don't read like they used to. And when you have those awesome... Um, movies and series back then, you had the ability to fill in the dread and terror that it was not being shown on the screen. So nowadays, they just shove it on all for you, as if you, they're implying that you're too stupid to create it for yourself. It's, it's sad. My, most of my students, maybe because they're remedial readers, they don't like to read. And even the ones that do are on reading level or above, they don't read. And I'm not going to bash video games because I love them and I play them. Um, it's not an excuse why kids don't read anymore. Because back in the day, I played video games and I read. 
So there's no reason, that's not the reason why. What is happening? Just, it's just very bizarre and it's terrifying to me. <laughs> Follow up on your comment about, uh, you know, the hokiness of the, which of course naturally, because I mean, we're more sophisticated now than we're. Yeah. If anybody wants to watch the original Black and White Bella, go see Dracula. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they pan in, first of all, uh, I mean, just cinematically, the cinematography, you know, is the reason, you know, why we still think that way, you know, it was beautiful. But I can't help believe when they start to show you the, you know, the, the decrepit old castle and what scuttles across the floor, because once again, we weren't as sophisticated, we didn't know as much as we did them, but what scuttles across the floor of the House of Dracula is an armadillo. An armadillo they put in there. <laughs> Because <laughs> they were just looking for anything that looked weird and creepy. Um, What's on this set right now? <laughs> I'm sorry. Armadillos can carry leprosy. Oh, yeah. and they should have flashed like a little thing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh, that's why. Scary. Uh, anybody? I tell, uh, let's do it. Favorite, you know, favorite, favorite moments, you know, either in uh, in books or film. Uh, that uh, you can think of with you, with your um, with your horror thing. Sorry, starting to lose my, my I know. My <laughs> it's Sunday. I, I, yes, and I haven't had coffee since this morning, so oh, I'm, no. so I'm going fast. I'm going fast. Okay, I was going to say uh, with the movie Trolls uh, Troll Two with the fly scene. Like that, like rocked my existence because he was just screaming that, oh my God, right? And he's eating her, then he's gonna, then she's gonna eat me, you know? And it was supposed to be dramatic. And I, I didn't know at first that it was like a horror comedy. I know there was like a whole random dance scene and stuff like that. I just thought somebody was feeling spicy that day. I don't know. So that was fine. But that's one that really just pops up in my brain. Um, I like anything any situation where there's like way too much fluid or bodily function, like um, this is, does not, this is not age well, I'm not actually recommending anyone go watch it, but uh, remember Team America, World Police? <laughs> that scene where he vomits for way too long, I had to like stop the movie so I could just let myself laugh forever because I am seven years old. Um, but uh, so the scene in Evil Dead 2 where the blood comes out of the wall. Yeah. Uh, oh God, it's so good, it's so bad, it's so good, it's just so absurd. It is really funny and also like, you know, like I don't want that to happen to me, but it's really funny when it's happening there. And uh, then at the end of it, Bruce Campbell has a wet shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna still try not to do this, but I won't have to. Um, oh. back there, you gotta be able to. That's okay, I can belt. Yeah. Um, if we're talking absurdity, uh, one of the things that I always liked was the Final Destination series. Oh yes. <laughs> oh those were, those were comedy. <laughs> like, there was a, I think it was in three, where it was the high school when they had the, the, the senior year thing yes. at the beginning. And they go up to the they go up to the footballer, and he's just like, "I got this. Nothing's gonna get me. Nothing's gonna get me." And the, the, the weights come over and crush his head. I lost my shit laughing. And and like so, a lot of a lot of horror. Again, watched The Exorcist when I was three. Horror hasn't really ever given me that feeling of dread. And I think a lot of it, if we're gonna get like serious about it a little bit here. 
I've been dealing with death since I was five, you know, since I should have been processing it. So it's always been funny to me. But has anybody seen One Hour Photo with Robin Williams? Yes. Oh, that yes. shit. My mother made me watch it the year it released. I was like 13. I'm like, I don't think I should watch this movie. She's like, it won an award. Actually, she said, it won an award. Uh-huh. Because she's Asian. <laughs> but that movie is probably the only thing that really messed with me. So I've been trying to recreate that, like, Chasing that feeling. Dude, I just saw him in Flubber and suddenly he's photographing a black male blowjob. Like, I mean, what do you want from me? <laughs> I, I tell you what, it still blows my mind that you watched Exorcist when you were three. I because loved it. I saw it when I was 17 and I was so pumped and I was going to watch it because I was all reading <laughs> about mythology and witchcraft. Uh, and that messed me up for a year and to this day I will not watch it again. I will watch it again if it messed me up so bad. I, that movie made me, like, so when, when all the other exorcism movies came out, you know, Emily Rose, Connecticut, I watched all of them until I burned out. I haven't seen, like, the last 15 exorcism ofs because I've seen so many of them on repeat because of watching exorcist at such a young age. It's like, it gets on my nerves, too. It's like... Haven't y'all learned that Catholic priest ain't gonna cut it? You know, a Baptist preacher, you know, Baptist preacher or Pentecostal, you know. The Lord is here. Come on out, tell me what you need. You know, some olive oil. That's gonna get rid of it. You're not gonna. You know, I'm being. I mean, I'm being funny. I'm also being serious. It hasn't worked yet. Need a little bit more. Now, my favorite scene is from a recent movie. Was a little monster, not Fred Savage, from the '80s, but the new one with Lupita. And that scene was she. When at the end, when there there's many scenes, but my favorite one is when they're in the little tractor, and she's singing a song, and they're like, "No, they're tame when you sing," <laughs> and they're like, the, the military guy's like, "No," and then just you know, it's hilarious. The movie is so like Gonzo, and I just the little weird scenes, and she's like telling the Mr. Tilly, what is the name, the Mr. McGiggles? Mr. McGiggles. Yeah, Mr. She's like just telling him like, "You're not going to do this," you know, because she's trying to keep the kids safe. And, their minds. The kids think it's a game the whole time. It's, it's just that movie. If you haven't seen it yet, you have to watch it. It's, it's hilarious. We are almost closing up on it. Uh, questions, comments? We still have a few minutes. So, anybody with questions? Yes, ma'am, back there with a hand up. Hi. 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 Are there any like particular storytelling themes that <laughs> I like karmic justice. Karmic justice. That's good too. I like the. Uh, have you seen High Tension? Yes. yes. Okay. Like. It was the first French movie I ever thought I didn't uh, know it was French. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, I love those kind of like, what? Are there any kids in here? Yes. Yes. My son just came. Like, what was the heck moment? <laughs> <laughs> Do what? Do like twisted. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, whoo. <laughs> yes. Like, and like with, with what you were saying, like those, you know, because you're, you're kind of like, you're, you're hoping for them, and then you're like, no. What's that doing? <laughs> no. <laughs> I like a good inversion. Yeah. I like to take a, like a, like a trope or a theme, take something really nice and familiar and then just make me flip, like flip it on me. Take the rug out. Big on that one. I do like those stories as well, where it's like uh, it is headed in a certain direction, then it just completely just twists. <laughs> I'm a tragic monster fan myself. I really do. I, I thought you were going to end in monster for some reason. I, I thought you were going to end in monster. I'm a, I'm, tragic going, monster. I'm a tragic monster. I thought this was. <laughs> <laughs> I am a tragic monster. I, you know, and I think possibly, you know, that does once again you go back if you go all the way back to Mary Shelley, mm -hmm. you know, because after all, you know, the monster wasn't evil, you know, the Mary right, yeah. gives me goosebumps to think of it now, you know, yeah. I mean, they just partner. Oh, it's so good. A Frankenstein. I, I just got it done. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> okay, let's see, what time is it? We have just a few more minutes. Uh, any other questions or comments? Just a comment that it's wonderful to see something. Oh my god, okay, I have, I'm gonna comment back about that. My <laughs> husband, I, he's not in here, he's six foot four, big guy. I mean, he's not big, but you know, he's six foot big. Yeah. He looks like Shaggy from Scooby Doo, he does. <laughs> and Keanu Reeves, if they had like a blood, if Shaggy and Keanu had like a blood baby. <laughs> It's like, yeah. <laughs> she said she did real well. Yeah. Wow. That's no, a visual. Uh, but he, like, he loves romantic comedies. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, and like, I'm a horror. And like, exactly. yeah, and like, as a horror writer, the, the one comment I hear the absolute most after people read my stories is, but you're such a nice person. Yes. And oh, I'm like, yes. I, they, they can't write. Because, do you get yeah, like, bad people go around telling everybody on paper that they do bad stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, just because I mean, like you well, enjoy the, the darkness, oh, I love it. you embrace it, like you come up with like some, you know, really messed up ideas. Yeah. And, and I think the horror community is such a strong community. Like we all, we all seem to get along really well. Like you always have like that one group. <laughs> but like we all, most of us just met each other this weekend, you yeah. know, as creators and there's already like just like this, hey, like, oh, like, like we're best friends. Hi. Right. Like, yeah, but I know. love that about it. There's the commonality and it's great because I, I wonder how much of a you know society at large actually loves horror movies because you don't really they don't get as much press as like the comedy. They're not Disney they're not taken as yeah. seriously exactly. as an actual Exactly. Sometimes zone, yeah. you say you like that and people are like, Oh, like, oh those, you know, it's like yeah, they think yeah. you just like oh, like absolutely. boobs and gore. Right. And like, fortunately for me, it was kind of different. Um, I left cutting hair to go work for crime scene cleanup, oh, and I had to tell all my clients. I was just like, hey, so this is the last time you're ever gonna see me. I'm gonna go clean up corpses and you know wipe brains off walls. And they all went, yeah, so that sounds right. Checks out. What's that? Curdle. I'm oh sorry. My gosh, it's Curdle. That's such a great. You haven't seen Curdle? No, I haven't. How have you not seen that? There's a game, it's called Visceral Cleanup, 
Oh, I, I, yeah. yeah. They did make me watch Sunshine Cleanup, which was, if you've ever seen it, so inaccurate. It's not even funny. I was so pissed off. Raging. Yeah. But so a lot of that has actually gotten into my stories, you know, being able to see it and all that. Like, and a lot of people, they wouldn't expect us to be in those fields. They're like, you're going you're gonna to go clean up after my uncle that shot himself in the face two days ago? I'm like, yeah. Who else is going to do it? I'm yeah. here. <laughs> my literal job. I get yeah, exactly. to do this. I'm you called just... me. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to wrap this up. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, no, actually, the reason how I would like to wrap it up is what I mean. <laughs> Is that uh, once again? I would like ever all the women here. Uh, so let's start down in there to say uh, once again your name, what you write, and where everybody can find you. Uh, Aurelia Snova. Wait, okay, my name, and then what do you do? What do you do? Where do you do? I write. Um, my my latest book is Parenting During the Apocalypse Three, uh, and that is exclusively at five six publishing .com, But everything else that I write is on. Amazon or 5 Publishing. Or 5 Yeah. Um, I'm Marnie Jolin. Uh, I do short stories, comic books, movie scripts. Uh, best way to do it is to find my website. It's literally marniejolin.com because uh, as of this weekend, it's not all going to be on Amazon anymore. And depending on the nightmare that follows, I have no idea where my comic's going to be. So just find the website. You'll find the, you'll find everything else. Uh, I'm Mary Byer, and Mary came with Breyer, my co-host, is finally back. She's she's creeping. Hi, girl. She's creeping. Uh, um, uh, we are the host of Everything Trying to Kill You, the podcast. Um, you can find us at everythingtryingtokillyou.com or wherever else you listen to podcasts, iTunes, uh, uh, Spotify. No, those those are, seem to be the two most popular. Um, Everyone do it now, like go press follow. I wanna see little fingers clicking. I know you guys already have, thank you. Um, we also have uh, an Instagram account that is fun and hilarious and full of cute pictures and quotes. And uh, we have a Twitter account that is mostly um, nonsense because I'm the one that runs it. So it's mostly <laughs> just me, same um, But yeah, so please follow us on social media. Please subscribe to the show. Um, Please, uh, please leave us some reviews. That makes a really big difference when people are looking for us. Um, it bumps up our visibility a ton. And the only reason we are here this weekend is because when Alicia back there Googled horror podcasts, we showed up. So if you leave us a few more reviews, then we're that much more likely to show up. And then we'll be at the next horror convention and the next horror convention, and you'll never get away from us again. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, I'm Zena Dixon. I write for Dread Central and RealQueenOfHorror.com. I also wanted to give like a quick shout out um, since we are uh, doing like women in horror and everything like that. I'm really honored to be here. I wasn't even supposed to be on this um, this panel, but I just showed up and you guys were like, sure. Wanted to, <laughs> wanted to shout out Alicia in the back uh, who put this all together. <laughs> Altisir. Um, you can just, just Google my name. 
It's um, the traditional French spelling, and my last name is Desir. D is in David, E-S-I-R, just Desire without the E at the end. Oh, and okay. find Mary Kay's book on Amazon. You can pre-order it on Amazon now. Jane Tappan. And uh, I'm Kathy. Again, I write as K.L. Napper. Uh, you can catch me on Facebook. You can catch me, uh, you, can, you can go to K.L. Napper Novels and Books, but I'm just now getting that new website put together, so don't expect much. Um, so Twitter, Facebook, uh, and please, again, I really encourage everybody to go to uh, the author's table, the vendor table out there. I'll please support your, your local author, so to speak. I'd like to also do a uh, a shout out not only the fact that this is a women's women's panel but how diverse this panel is thanks so much for listening y'all we will be back in two weeks with a new episode of the dark and the wicked until then don't forget to subscribe and tell two friends okay love you bye Hi, my name is Lauren Ash. You may know me from starring in TV shows like Superstore or She-Ra or Scare Tactics. And I'm her sister, Christy Oxborough, semi-professional researcher and fully certified internet sleuth. And together, we are the hosts of True Crime and Cocktails, your new favorite true crime deep dive podcast. In season one of our show, we extensively researched all of the new Netflix Unsolved Mysteries episodes. And beginning in January 2021, season two will be a famous fatalities edition. From mysterious celebrity deaths to famous unsolved cases, We'll be bringing you more boozy true crime combos. So put on your PJs, pour yourself a drink, and join our true crime slumber party. New episodes of True Crime and Cocktails drop every Tuesday. Campfire.